Welcome to Airbnb with D. This is your host, Devana, and today's episode is all about the truth about Airbnb-friendly buildings. So stay tuned as I get into some much-needed information that you need to know if you are considering making this step or if you're already in it and maybe just don't know how to use it to your advantage. Stay tuned as I dive right in. So I heard a laundry list of things or reasons why some people feel you shouldn't get into Airbnb friendly buildings. Now, not one time have I heard someone say they've signed a lease in an Airbnb friendly unit and regretted it. You'll typically hear gurus that are trying to get you to get their course, steer you away from one of the easiest ways to get started on your own terms, which of course is devastating for me because the objective should be introducing you guys to opportunities that can make you money instead of take your money to introduce you to opportunities. It's kind of gaslighting, gatekeeping, and manipulating if you ask me, but I realized that the best way that I could come against something like this was to simply record an episode letting you know exactly the process, the ins and outs, and exactly what to expect. So one of the things that I heard is that Airbnb friendly properties are old. That is the furthest from the truth, guys. They can be old, just like any apartment that you choose, right? Rather, before you knew about Airbnb friendly, you just was trying to corporately lease. So keep in mind the tricks of the world to keep you out of the loop. So now we finally have complexes. Remember when we were trying to corporately lease, we didn't care who the place was. As long as they accepted corporate lease, remember? And we knew we could get away with Airbnb in there. We actually looked for older desolate properties back in the day. Y'all remember that, right? So you tell me why that would all of a sudden make a difference. It doesn't, okay? So I'm here to let you know. Airbnb friendly properties are not always old. You have some properties that were literally built for this reason. Properties that were built in 2022. Properties that won't be opening until spring 2023. And then, of course, you got properties that were built in, you know, 2000 and things like that because they're apartment complexes. And actually, more of the places that you'll see that were built older, they may have been in maybe areas that were previously prime location. But as you see now in 2023, I'm sure you're able to look around and see areas where buildings and businesses and homes used to stand and they've been knocked down for apartment complexes. You can go anywhere in the world and see in your city's major area an apartment complex is being built. And I can almost assure you, if it's not one of those five-star luxury properties, at some point, they're going to allow Airbnb because if you can't beat them, join them. So no, all properties aren't old. Of course, you know, I do have an Airbnb-friendly list of properties that I specifically do business with. So I can recommend to you with confidence and assurance, knowing that you will be profitable and successful. If you are someone that wants that Airbnb-friendly list, that link is in this episode's description so that you can start off with a good list, not just the list of properties that allow Airbnb, but a list of up-to-date properties in the hottest locations that proved to be the most profitable after the Airbnb friendly locations were introduced. 
All right, next issue, let's tackle that. Management fees, profit share. Well, you're right, you're right. There is a management fee that's associated with Airbnb friendly buildings. Not to be confused with buildings that you decide to sign a corporate lease agreement with. Remember, corporate leasing does not expressly allow you permission to Airbnb. It just makes it harder for that company to evict you, put you out, or stop your business practices. I want to make sure you understand that. Airbnb and corporate lease are two different things, right? So now we're going to a building to bypass the corporate lease process. If you are someone that's interested in Airbnb friendly buildings, guess what you don't have to do no more? Because Airbnb friendly buildings do allow you to put the lease agreement in your name and still Airbnb it out. So that means that LLC that you were paying for right away, because we know our EIN numbers are free. And mind you, I personally think that you should have all of these things, but my job as a resource is to let you know every way possible that you can get into this and stay happy and make it passive. So coming along with the management fees, the profit shares, there are fees, but you no longer have to pay for that LLC. I know you see all the time about people. Now, of course, you still have to pay for it. But I mean, you no longer have to pay to get started. You remember before, in order to corporately lease, you had to be a business. You can't corporately lease and not be a business. So this alleviates that portion for us. It helps to keep some money in your pocket in the front end. That way, as you've already gotten your unit and you're seeing it to be profitable, you can go ahead and have more time to build your business. I personally think you should have a business already because your consumables, things like your linens, your decor, all of those things can be purchased with your business credit accounts, thus saving you more money in your pockets. But let's jump to another fee you say, electronic locks. I don't think you guys know not only how expensive it is to initially get those, but how if you're an out-of-state host, or even if you're an in-state host, changing the lock code, if you don't get the right lock, could be a little bit more tricky. So the right lock means you pay more money for it, right? That's a startup cost that you don't have to worry about at these Airbnb friendly buildings because they come with electronic locks. Can we get happy for that, guys? What about those addendums that you were getting? Remember, you had to pay some lawyer. Maybe you were using Rocket Lawyer, Legal Shield, whomever you were using. Those fees still cost per month for you to use that particular service. Per month. You're now not having to put all of the money into that if you want to. Some of those uh, surveillance services, some of those rings, some of the locks do charge you a monthly fee to upload your information to cloud, what have you. These are things that you can all work out now because you're at a state-of-the-art property that allows Airbnb and is literally crafted so that Airbnb guests can come in and out. So another thing I heard is that there's often an occupancy problem in the Airbnb friendly buildings. And I wanna let you know how ridiculous you thinking about that sounds. We are not leasing agents. We are not owners of the complex. It is not our job to consider how many people 
are not there. Now, when we say occupancy problem, we don't mean they're overcrowded. If a place is overcrowded, they typically don't have a need to even introduce the Airbnb friendly feature because they have regular residents keeping their places together. But if there's a property that is even thinking about introducing Airbnb friendly, maybe they got enough units there to do so, right? They need their occupancy up too. So this is where it works out for you. With your Airbnb account, you can only have as many listings as you can have anyway, guys, so it won't freaking matter. Whether you were listing one unit on the um, in the building and five other people have a unit there, or whether you got a privately owned home and three people on the block also run an Airbnb. Guys, there is competition everywhere. There is occupancy everywhere. Your only goal and your only job is to make sure that you have a business plan and a marketing strategy that allows you to run your own race. What is your path of least resistance? Do you even know? Do you even know what way would be easier for you to start? Do you realize that not every way you see on Instagram, not every ebook you read may be the best way for you? You know that, right? Some of these people that are showing you these methods have no children, they're not taking care of their sickly parents, they're not out of state for work, they don't have to travel for work, they're US citizens. Guys, you have to think there are so many starting grounds for all of us and this is why it's important for us to invest where we connect. Connect with the right resource, guys, not just someone who wants to show you their life, show you their trips and vacations. Connect with someone who wants to see your life change too. So I'm going to get into some more facts about Airbnb friendly buildings in the next segment. Okay, so this one was so big that it needed its own segment, and that is the part-time and full-time hosting limits. So many of you have asked me, oh my gosh, when a place says that you can only host part-time or full-time and they give you a limit, what does that really mean? Why can they cap how many days you can host on Airbnb.com? The answer is because they can, and we don't know why. All we know are workarounds around it, right? So we have to break this down two ways, and I want you to follow me because I'm going to talk about occupancy rate, but I'm going to do it in two ways. So the first time we ever think about an occupancy rate is before we even sign a lease, guys, right? So we're already looking at an area that has a high occupancy, you know, now this isn't high, but I'm just going to give examples of numbers, right? Because this is a pretty common occupancy rate given the climate that we're in at the time, depending on the area. So you may go to AirDNA, you know, Mash Visor, all the rooms, what have you, and see an occupancy rate is 47% for a certain city and state. And so what that's telling you is right then and right there, host are being booked 171 days out of 365. 40 47% of 365, which we know that's how many days it is in a year, is 171. So without fail, this area on average at least books 171 nights out of the year, but you'll have to figure out what to do with the remainder. 
So you see, you already had to have a contingency plan for those remaining nights anyway. If you aren't going into an area with 100% occupancy, you're always going to have to figure out what to do with your unit when it's empty. So I want to reassure you, if there is a hosting limit, then chances are, and of course this depends on what city you're in, there are different strategies for different cities, but chances are you may not hit that cap within the year or within the um, period that they're checking for. And this is just if you strategically sign your lease and there are strategies, guys, right? Like we know for a fact it says you can do a certain amount of days per calendar year. One of the strategies that I teach is when you're looking for your lease agreements at these spaces, capitalizing on the six months that you have. So what will you get 90 days per calendar year if you're signing your lease in June? And keep in mind, this is a business. So business decisions, we can schedule out. We can schedule a move-in date effective June, and we're in the month of February now, right? You could get yourself together, or even if it's at one property, then you know you at least have 90 days to 120 to 180 days, whatever they're asking you for, right? Within that six-month period consecutively. Keep in mind, your most units are not booked consecutively, meaning every single day, meaning every single time someone checks out, someone's checking in. That happens with certain areas and it doesn't happen in other areas, guys. So I want you to be realistic. Even though there are limits, there are also ways that you can make those limits work for you. One major tip that I tell people is you are always going to have to find out what to do with your unit anyway. So rather than looking for looking at other Airbnbs as inspiration for decoration, you need to be looking at the top booked peer space apartments and homes in your target area. That's going to be the gold mine for you because you're already going to be looking at and, and there's a filter. You can go on peerspace.com. You can type in photo shoot. You can type in meeting. And then you can filter the properties to apartments and homes because we want to make sure you aren't seeing any any commercial venues, right? When you look at the apartments and the homes, I want you to go to the top books and you're going to see some that has like 900 reviews, 500 reviews. You're going to be like, what in the world? They have more reviews than people have on Airbnb. And guess what? They're making more money too. Because these are hourly rentals. So we're able to get 120, 140, 150 in a three to four hour booking as opposed to having an overnight stay with Airbnb.com. So I want you to look at the top rated peer space listings, the highly most requested, the most rented, and use those as inspiration that are in your area. Because obviously there is a science to whatever decor, whatever theme, that you're seeing the people in that area are craving it, loving it. And as you are an entrepreneur, a boss, you're always down for reinventing the curve, but you know the most money is made by duplicating success. Just duplicate it, guys. Come on. We already taught you how to do the business credit, how to get your business up and running so that even some of the props and items that you'll need to make that short-term rental space something viable for you is something that you can do. So I want to conclude this with saying there are limits to everything. It is up to you to find out a way that works. 
some Airbnb friendly properties do have an occupancy um, or not occupancy, I'm sorry, they do have a hosting limit, meaning that you can only place the unit on Airbnb.com consecutively and like have it rented out for a certain amount of nights. Well, that's where we just switch platforms, baby. And you have to also keep in mind that websites like Peerspace and Gigster are actually our friends because they don't violate our lease terms. We can have people in, they can take photos because the thing is with those things, you can actually be there. There's a section on Gigster and Peerspace for you to list a site rep. You can either be your own site rep, you can hire someone to be your site rep, or you can just tell the leasing office that you have one if they ever want to know who's coming in your space. But keep in mind, it's an Airbnb-friendly building. They're not monitoring other platforms for you. So this is where you put your boss hat on, do what you need to do, and make sure that you have the platforms you need to have intact. Peerspace and Gigster are your gold mines because they do not violate your lease agreements. And you're able to connect with other business owners. People connect on Peerspace and Gigster for their Tubi movies, for their headshots, for their own content shoots. There are content creators that look for spaces with nice kitchens as they record their cooking podcasts. There are content creators that look for just nice places with different backgrounds and content-worthy backgrounds so that they can release new content. So take this seriously for yourself and you will be among those that, that are profiting. If you go in this small, it's okay to go in small, but don't go in short selling yourself. Small is something like, oh, I want a studio or a one bedroom instead of a five bedroom house. You can do that and you can make just as much money at that place with less liability than you can somewhere else. It's up to you and the effort you put in. I want to ask you all to do a favor. So this week only, I am letting my subscribers, my listeners into the Airbnb with D Facebook group. And I only need you to do one favor for me to be sent the link to be added in for free. I want you to go on my Instagram, which is at Airbnb with D and find any post you like, any reel you like, and I need you to comment under there, green hearts. If you can put some green hearts under there for me, I will send you a link to join my Facebook group for free this week only because I am super excited for what's in store for any new business owners. And then those of you that are already hosts that are you know, aspiring maybe to be in an Airbnb friendly building, scale your property, scale your business. I want to welcome you to a community that encourages that and supports that as you do it each day. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to me. I look forward to speaking to you all in the next episode. Again, the Airbnb friendly list link will be in this episode's description. If you have not already gotten that get a list of properties that I've worked with exclusively. I can't speak for all of them, but the tips that I'm giving you, the ways that I'm telling you to win, it's because I'm doing them at these places. So this list is a place of places I am personally affiliated with in terms of Airbnb friendly. And it's my pleasure to give you the secret sauce. Another thing I want to just drop in really quickly is when it comes to competition, when it comes to not wanting to be in a unit or a building with more than one Airbnb host. It's safer to do that, guys, 
than to be on a block, a privately owned block with more than one Airbnb host for multiple reasons. I can tell you multiple situations I've gotten into or not you know, negatively, but things that have happened or even guests just get curious. They can tell there's another Airbnb and they want to check it out. And there's just so many things that can happen um, that would make it not as passive as an investment for you. If you are someone like me, you are entering the Airbnb industry for passive income, not something that's going to run your life to the ground. You want something that supplements some of the money you're making now, or maybe even brings in double what you're making now. Hey, it's up to you, but these are the ways to passively do it. And I thank you so much for listening in.